When you think back on your life, is there a memory of you speaking that you feel like you look back on it and it's like, oh, it just makes your stomach turn. You've got this bad memory of you speaking before. If so, you're going to love this episode because I am going to talk about how that particular incident is probably holding you back. Not probably, but it is holding you back. So let's get on to the show. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Lori Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Welcome back. Gosh, here we are again, still like towards the tail end of summer. I'm just so enjoying this and I'm getting ready actually to head down south for a trip, attending a conference that I'm really excited about. One, just because in-person events are just opening back up and people really do crave being around people. As much as I think that there's a lot of people who say, hey, I'd be perfectly happy if I never had to like leave my home office again. I actually don't think that's true. We are human beings and we are actually wired and designed to actually interact with other human beings. As much as I do and I get a lot done here at home, I crave, you know, other human beings. I enjoy leaving the house and going to the gym. Do I have a gym downstairs? Yes, I do. But I really enjoy like going to Orange Theory, going to the gym. It's about about being around other people. So I'm really excited about this particular conference that I'm going to be going to because I'm also going to be hanging around, around with some of my other friends and I've already got some meetings lined up to meet some people that I have met online. I'm going to be meeting them in real life. So that is all extremely exciting as well. So today we're going to be talking about one of those bad memories that you might have from your past. And the reason why I wanted to bring this particular topic onto an episode and really dive deep into it is this morning when I was at Orange Theory, I got there a little early. The coach just happened to ask me, hey, what's going on? And I was just telling her that I recorded a few podcast episodes the night before my two-year anniversary. And another woman who was sitting right there said, wow, I love podcasts. What's your podcast about? When I shared with her what it was about, she says, oh, I hate public speaking. Oh, I, yep, I, that's not for me. And then she proceeded to share with me a story about when she was actually interviewing for colleges. And she was interviewing at an Ivy League school. She had gone through so much of the process and had had multiple interviews and she was waiting to speak to the dean. And she actually said, she goes, I got so worried about it. She goes, I actually thought that I was going to throw up. I was going to get sick. And what I said to her was, so what happened is that you put so much pressure on yourself with that particular interview. You know, and again, an interview is a form of speaking and it didn't go your way. So you look back on that saying that you failed. So every time that you get up to go like speak in front of other people, that's the memory that you remember. And she said, yes. I said, what you actually need is you need to have a new memory where you succeeded 
so that every time after that, you actually have evidence, you have a positive memory, you have evidence that you can actually speak and it turns out the way that you wanted it to. And she was like, oh my goodness. And so I just thought this is definitely something I had to come in on here and talk about because she's not the first person that I've ever heard say this. You know, a lot of people have bad memories about the very first time that they were speaking, whether they were prepared for that event or not prepared for that event. And unless you've been in the speaking world long enough, you know, if you're new to the speaking world, I should say, you don't know how much improv there is, how much, I don't want to say thinking on your feet, but sometimes you just have to adapt to the situation. And in her particular case, she had put so much pressure on herself. She said that she was fully prepared for the interview, but she put so much pressure on herself to that she had to get a yes at the end, that she had to get accepted into this college. I mean, you know, let's face it, I've actually had clients who run tutoring companies and help high school students get into the college of their dreams. And there's so much pressure. She was sharing with me some very interesting statistics, which we incorporated into her presentation about how much pressure is on high school students, how much pressure is on the parents of these high school students. So I can only imagine what that must have been like for this particular woman back when she was trying to get into this Ivy League school. So what if you took that pressure off? And I know that that's hard, especially if you're not a seasoned speaker, because we put so much pressure on ourselves. And, you know, when you know that your audience actually wants you to succeed, they want you to succeed. And if you make a mistake, they're not even going to know. As a matter of fact, while we were having this discussion, the coach who was, you know, the class that we were about to take at Orange Theory, the coach actually said, she was, I speak every day that I teach a class. And I said, exactly, this is a form of speaking. She said, when I make a mistake, she goes, I don't point it out. She goes, nobody knows that I made a mistake. And that is so true. Nobody ever knows when I made a mistake, if I forgot to share a tip, if the facts of my story weren't completely 100%, maybe because I skipped over something, or I forgot exactly how many years something happened, or the exact name of something. Nobody's going to know that except me, you know, and will I, you know, like try to change it like the next time? Absolutely. But the point is that your audience actually really wants you to succeed. So this sort of brings me back to how I got into public speaking because I had a positive memory. As a matter of fact, I was living in Japan and the, I was, uh, went from a public school here in the U.S. co-ed to a private all-girls school over in Japan when we moved there for a couple of years. And there was a speech class that I had. And it wasn't a speech class like public speaking. It was more of a etiquette class, how to sit and have a conversation with people and be interesting and interested in them. So one day while leaving this etiquette type class, the teacher says, now I was about 13 years old, the teacher said, Lorianne, the school's doing a school-wide speech contest. I think you should do it. So she must have seen something in me, you know, in the class. And I was at that age where when teacher said to do something, you just said, okay. So I said, okay. Even as shy as I was, I said yes to this speech contest. And I 
decided on a humorous reading and I practiced and practiced and practiced. And when it came time for that day, I got up there in front of everybody that was there in the library. And was there a place that I made a mistake? Absolutely. Did the audience know? No, they didn't know. As a matter of fact, because I knew my material so well, I had lost my place when I looked over because I had it all typed out and I was holding it in my hand, looking oh so diplomatic, so to speak. When I looked over, I had lost my place. And so I improvised and I added a couple of lines in, turned back over to where my script was and picked right back up. I did win first place in that humorous reading. So I had this positive memory from that day on, just knew that, oh, wow, if I could get up there and do this humorous reading, you know, like I didn't write a speech, but I did have to sort of act out what I was talking about. And I had this positive experience. Now I'm still like a shy girl and I came back to the United States and we, which was, I was, we were only there for about two years, came back to the United States, you know, I'm coming back to class, you know, with some people that were some of my friends from a couple of years ago, making new friends. I'm still the shy, like, Ooh, I just want to hide because I feel judged and I don't want anyone to judge me. And maybe I'm not good enough. All that stuff that runs through our heads. Well, for some reason during my senior year, I felt like I had to justify my existence. I felt like nobody knew that I was here. How could I make it something happen that like, Hey, I was here. I was a part of this class. And over the intercom, my particular class, the government decided, the student government decided that they weren't doing the valedictorian thing, that what they were doing is that they were taking interviews for people who wanted to speak at graduation. And I thought, oh, well, I can go talk to these people and tell them what I would talk about. And so I did that, not thinking that they were going to pick me or anything. But I just kind of like went in there and I just like talked to them. I just said, look, we're at a crossroads in our life. You know, this is a point where we're done, you know, this mandatory schooling. And now it's time that, you know, like some people are going to college and military and family life and the workplace. You know, some people are going into the trades. Like it's, we're at this crossroads. And I would talk about the crossroads and they picked me. And so I was like, okay. As you probably heard me say before, self-integrity has always been a very high value of mine. No matter how uncomfortable I'm going to be or how nervous I'm going to be, I am going to do what I said I was going to do. So they picked me. And so now I'm going to speak at graduation. And this is sort of how it went. I started my speech off and I fumbled like right in the beginning. And then I fumbled again. And then I fumbled for a third time and I stood back. I put my hands on my hips. I looked at the audience. And again, here was a little bit more improv, a little bit of spontaneous improv. Well, that's what improv is. Put my hands on my hips. And I said to the audience, this sounded so good in front of the mirror. And the audience laughed. And then I picked the speech back up and the rest of it was flawless. And again, that's a memory that I have. And as I started to get into professional speaking, you know, like starting like with very small audiences, not a paid speaker, I had things to refer back to. I had these moments that I used as evidence, evidence that I could fumble 
and still land on my feet. I could fumble, make the audience laugh and pick it back up and have the rest of the speech be flawless and say exactly what I wanted to share with the audience. I could lose my place, forget my lines and improvise a couple of new lines. Like I had that evidence and I'm so grateful for that because I know that I wouldn't be in this very position had I not had those pieces of evidence or those stories that I can tell myself that, oh yeah, like I can fumble, no big deal. I can make a mistake, no big deal. Like I recovered. So the reason why I wanted to share this is because I have a lot of people who come to me and just like, they have these traumatic moments in their lives that they were like, well, here was a time that I spoke and I completely forgot what I was gonna say. And then I couldn't say anything. And which actually reminds me of a time that I was put on the spot. This is a hilarious story and one that I haven't thought about in a long time. I was put on the spot to give a presentation. And it's not that I didn't know the presentation because I'd seen the presentation a number of times, but I got up there and I started laughing and I couldn't get myself to stop laughing. And I just, I tried to excuse myself by saying, sorry, I just heard like a really good joke. I can't seem to get it out of my mind. I could not stop laughing. And I think it was a nervous laugh. And so I finally had to look at a colleague and just say, you're going to have to give this. And I just like walked away. So I have one of those memories. But the point is like, we all have some sort of a memory and like, is it a positive one? Or is it one that's really holding you back? Because if you've got one that is holding you back, I bet you, if we went back to that particular moment, if we could find the people that were in that audience who saw you speak, that you thought was such a catastrophe, I bet you they wouldn't even remember. They'd probably be like, oh yeah, I remember you speaking about that particular topic. Yeah, I don't remember anything bad happening. I bet you they wouldn't even remember. I mean, if we could find the people who were sitting in the audience when I started laughing, they probably remember the second person who came up. They don't remember me laughing, or even if they do remember me laughing, I mean, it was, it's hilarious when I think back on it. I'm kind of glad that I thought about that. But what moment do you have that you are giving so much meaning? Meaning if it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out and you're giving it the meaning that I'm a horrible speaker. Well, guess what? You're not going to get up there and speak. And if you've got this kind of a bad memory, then you might be like, I want to do live streaming. I want to create videos. I want to start my own podcast. But you've got this memory from your past that's holding you back because you are making it mean that you're a bad speaker, that you're shy, that you're not supposed to be speaking, that you get nervous, that XYZ, like fill in the blank. What if you change the way that moment means? What if you change the meaning of that story that, oh, I was, you know, you flubbed up. Oh, I was just starting out. As a matter of fact, every great speaker has flubbed up. As a matter of fact, every great speaker started with their first speech. I'm just getting started. What if you started telling yourself that story? So that now when you're looking back on that moment that you've created in your mind that was just so horrible and that's why you shouldn't do any public speaking and that's why you should avoid it at all costs and it just holds you back, 
What if we just change that meaning of that moment to say, oh, I was just getting started. No big deal. Nobody even remembers that particular moment, that particular speech. And by changing the meaning, it got you to try again so that you could have the opportunity to have a successful moment, a successful memory. Because when you try again, you can just be like, see, I just get right back up, dust myself off, and I try again. I've got a message. I've got a message. I've got a story. And I am here to share that with the world. What if you did that? How would that empower you? And how would that move you forward? How would that get you to stand up and share your story? You probably feel a whole lot more empowered and be sharing your story. And you would try again. Because one of the things that I tell all of my private students and also my students inside the in-demand signature speeches, you're going to try and tell a new story one day, you know, and you should try new stories and craft new stories because new things are going to happen, you know, new client successes, and you're going to want to infuse that into your presentation. And you're going to tell the story and kind of not work out, or you're going to try adding a little bit of humor and no one's going to laugh. Does that mean you're bad at adding humor? That, does that mean that you're a bad speaker? No, it doesn't. It just means that you got to work on the joke. It means you got to work on polishing up that story. If your pitch doesn't work, let's take this like even bigger. You know that job that you interviewed for once upon a time? Or maybe you're in a company and you applied for a position, a new position, a promotion, and you didn't get it. Does that mean you're terrible at interviewing? You you would be terrible at that position? No. Have you ever had a launch that just didn't work out? <laughs> I know that I have. I've launched things that nobody signed up for. Does that mean I'm a terrible entrepreneur? No. No, it doesn't. It just means that launch, that idea, probably wasn't what people wanted. Maybe my copy was off. Maybe I didn't promote it enough. There's a whole lot of different variables. But have I had launches that have worked out really well? Hell yeah, I have. And as a matter of fact, like I can look back on those moments and say, I have evidence that I can have a successful, profitable launch. I have evidence that clients sign up with me. I have evidence that it's easy for me to get clients. I have evidence that it's easier for me to get booked as a speaker. I have all that kind of evidence. And I know that in the future, just like in your future, you're going to be gaining more and more evidence. But if we let the stuff that's in our past hold us back, we're never going to have the opportunity to actually get new stories, new pieces of information, new pieces of evidence to use that's going to fuel us forward. And that's what I want you to do. I want us to stop looking at some of our failures as failures and just look at them as, oh, I was just getting started. So permission to just like look back on some things and say, I was just getting started. You know, that first business that didn't work out, I was just getting started. Because I want so much success for you. And this is what I help my clients is sometimes reframe things, see things differently. Because sometimes we are so in our world that we don't see our own gifts. We don't see the blind spots that we have. 
As a matter of fact, you know, I have somebody that I have to go respond to on DM because we're having this conversation about whether or not she's going to join a program or whether or not she's going to hire me privately. And I can see some of her blind spots already. And it's my job as a master coach to point the light on those blind spots because that's what I do. Just because she's not my client right now doesn't mean that I'm not going to point a spotlight on this blind spot because I want her to see, I want her to see for herself what she, a story that she's telling herself so that she can overcome this hurdle that she has built in her path. That's my job as a master coach. That is my job. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed kind of chatting about this and, you know, reminiscing about some of my, my stories. And I hope that you thought that they were funny because, you know, laughing, you know, nervous laughter, you know, this is all a part of becoming really good at your craft. You know, I've stumbled and fumbled along the way. I look back on some of my, my videos, my previous, like where I've been doing some speaking and I just watch myself and I just see how much I've grown as a speaker. A lot of times people will ask me, what was your best speech, best presentation? And I say, it's my next one because I'm always improving. And so will you. All you have to do is take a step forward. Decide that whatever has been holding you back, it's just between your ears that's holding you back. We're making stories. We're making up stories. We're making up meanings. We're interpreting things differently. But what if we change the meaning, change the interpretation, change the story to support us to move forward? Remember, the world needs you. It's time to get out there and share your story, share your solutions, and it's time for you to help others. So if I can help you in any way, please feel free to get on a book a call with me. You can do that at chatwithla.com. I'm more than happy to talk to you more about how I help clients, the programs that I have so that we put you in the right program, whether that's one of my group programs or it's working with me privately one-on-one. I'm here to help you. I'll talk to you soon. And until then, be in demand. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review. And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.